what are important learning and also non-academic priorities in boys' chinuch? I think psychologically it's very important for all people to feel safe. And uh, more than, in general, a child has to feel safe in every environment, especially in their home environment. But there's another thing, and I think this is a tricky one, especially in the modern age, where very often men and women both work outside the home, and that's the feeling of nurturing. Child, child has to feel nurtured. And I don't know, but I think that the, the feeling of being nurtured as a child comes from the fact that there's one person in their lives, either their father or their mother or somebody else, that's my nephish for them, puts them first. And whatever the child needs is the top thing on their agenda. I, I think one of the biggest differences between this generation, I'm not just talking about Yidin, and two generations ago, before all the revolutions that happened in this country, is that children growing up in the 50s and even in the 60s, the way the home was structured, that it was one person, usually a mother, or a grandmother in many cases, that was pushed Mason Nefesh for the child. The world has become more selfish, and parents have become calculated in their parenting. And subconsciously, I think, personally, that the child feels less nurtured. And I think the source of a lot of the insecurities is that. Um, could it come from a teacher? I mean, these questions that I'm being asked here are about school, not about the home. Could it come from a teacher? In theory, it could. And children whose lives are difficult, even a stranger, can be that person that the child just knows is always there and loves them. This is not school. This is not learning. This is basic. A child needs to feel safe, and a child needs to feel that somebody in this world thinks that they're the most important thing in the world. It could be a teacher. It could be. I once had a camp counselor who took to me and he made me an incredibly confident person for a while. <laughs> that he wasn't my camp counselor anymore and I wasn't so confident anymore. So that's one thought. Another thing which is outside of learning that I think is important, but this gets tricky, is antiklin de chushim, to, to develop whatever skills and talents a child has. Um, it seems to be, to me, to be a constant in the Rebbe's responses, that you're not allowed to waste a skill, whether it's music or it's art or it's, even if it's coordination, you know, dance, to develop whatever koiches and chushim you have, the child should develop. Those forms of expression do incredible, they do wonders for the child's self-esteem, they also do wonders for self-identity, you know, in school everybody looks the same, same clothing, same learning, same grades, and every child needs something that separates them, and that's what these things do for them. The tricky part is how do you help your child develop other areas in his life, whether it's art or it's music, and never develop it in the kind of way that it becomes more important than Yiddishkeit, and maybe even than Torah, but certainly than Yiddishkeit. And that's the trick. And um, some parents get very caught up in developing their child's skills, what they call extracurricular activities, that school becomes secondary. And what school represents, which is Torah and Yiddishkeit, becomes secondary. Other parents are afraid to allow their child to develop their talents because they're afraid it's going to override their Yiddishkeit priorities. But there's got to be a place which is correct and you have to try your best and you take a risk. 
If a child is an artist, boy or a girl, you have to get him someone helps develop that talent. If a child has a musical aptitude, you have to find a way to develop that talent, that skill. That's good. That's good. And when it's used correctly, it can become an unbelievable tool for Afatza, for Avedis Hashem. It can be used for Yiddishkeit directly, but I think it's also a part of Chinuch. And then, of course, there's the problem of the fact that our children live in a city, which means they do zero exercise. They're not living out in a field where they have to walk to school for two miles. They're not living out in the field where there's a river or a lake that they can run down to and throw pebbles at. They're living in bricks and mortar, streets with no, no front yards. And of course, all of this, I'm not talking about the psychological component, I'm talking about the physical component puts children in a place where there's very, very, very little physical exercise. Children need to get out their energy. Uh, my grandfather, his name is Abishol Yechaskel Shteren. If he were alive today, he'd be 104. He was born in Ayin Ches in 1918. He was a Talmud Nevedas. He was from those lucky children who got a Jewish education, not just in Mesif, in in a Frum Kasher school. And the Menalad that Moisid was a very, very famous Mechanech, Abchala Adam Godel in many ways. His name was Abshag of Mendelovich. And um, he was a Mechanech par excellence. He had a very, very deep understanding of children and of people. So my grandfather told me a story that happened to him. My grandfather, as a child, was very energetic, very energetic. And when they had recess, they would run outside onto the sidewalk. And they played stickball from a manhole to a manhole. One manhole was home plate, the other manhole was second base, and that's how they played ball. You needed a ball, and you had to get a manhole. So when the class ended, you dashed out of the classroom, and you ran out onto the side, to the, the side street to see if you can get a manhole, and then you were able to put together a game. So my grandfather told me, my Zaidi told me, there was a boy in his class. This may have been a Masifta, it may have been a Masifta, but he was not that old, who was a big masmid, a guy Tamat Chacham, he sat and learned. So my grandfather decided one day, so by recess, instead of going outside to play ball, he, um, he sat in Miss Medrash. Mr. Mendelovich had a habit of seeing what's going on. He walked into the Miss Medrash, and my grandfather, who was a high school boy, was sitting and learning Grace Asmadrashkida, and Mr. Mendelovich walked up to him and said, Vustisti do, which is Hungarian, which is Galatian, what are you doing here? Why aren't you outside playing ball? So my grandfather told him very humbly that he decided that he would rather use his time more constructively than And he shouted at him, go outside immediately. And he said in Yiddish, all the, all the demons, all the hysteria, all the craziness. He understood that the kids playing outside and running around had released energy. And the children don't have that opportunity enough. And it's also shunned. It's also seen as something negative. And that's a mistake. Kids need to run around. They need to play ball, they need to get that energy out, and they need to do it purposefully, not just have, they need to see the, you know, to have a, an enjoyment and a purpose in their running around. Um, and I want to share something outstanding with you on this union of the children running around and exercising. And I, I think it's true not just of little boys and bigger boys, even based on Medish kids need to find a way that they physically expend energy and it's also healthy to exercise that uh, Reb Zalman Garadi Reb Zalman Garadi was the manal of the Masifta of Ten Chetmimim in America in the 1940s and he would ask the previous ever questions and the previous ever would give him answers 
on, in, in letters which are printed in Igdus Kedesh, I compiled a, a whole stack of, I don't know, 12 pages, 10 pages, or something like that, of, of small little letters in the Friedrich of the Zaman Gerari on instructions on Chinuch that are incredibly incisive and informative. It's a window into the previous Igdus Chinuch. And one of the many questions that he addresses in those letters is the question about the children playing ball. The Zaman Gerari was from Russia. In his mind, playing ball was klipe. It was a bad thing. My father told me that he remembers in Paris that one of the Bachem had a boy, a ball, and the Bachem, they were 14. Reb Nochem heard about it, and he came outside, and he asked for the ball, and there was a whole situation until the ball appeared, and he took a knife and cut it up into little pieces. This was the old thinking. And Reb Zalman would also take the balls away from the kids when they played. And of course, you've heard the joke that he would steal the ball and five and take the ball away from the kids. They were playing handball. He'd come back five minutes later, they were playing handball again. He didn't know where the boys got another ball. And the answer was the Rebetzin the Hamadina, the previous Rebetzin. Went to the store, she bought a bunch of balls. And when he confiscated one, she, she threw from the second floor another ball. That's how the kids had balls. And he took it away, she threw another one. So the Zalman Gerari asked the Friedrich Rebbe about the children playing ball. And the Rebbe answered, it's a short little letter. You have to let them. You absolutely have to let the children play ball. But they need to be supervised. You can't just let the kids play by themselves. They need to be supervised. Now, of course, today, unfortunately, supervision involves bullying, poshed bullying. There shouldn't be physical fights and there shouldn't be a class picking on a child. In other words, a teacher who's overseeing the kids playing ball, he doesn't sit in the side and read a book. He has to make sure that all the children are included and that one child is being shunned, especially if it's always the same child and there shouldn't be physical fighting. But the Rebbe wrote something Eidele, the previous Rebbe. The previous Rebbe writes that somebody has to oversee the kids when they're playing ball. They shouldn't scream hysterically, like Americans. The Rebbe understood America so well. Americans are the freest people in the world, in the history of the world. And one of the symptoms of that freedom is, as they say in English, letting it all hang out. That's letting your hair down. And that's not Derecheretz. It may be America, but it's not Yiddishkeit. And the Rebbe wrote that someone has to supervise the boys, they shouldn't scream like Mishagayim. There should be a sense of, of dignity, of containment. You know, we are a little bit controlled. But he encouraged very much, or at least he very emphatically permitted, that children should play ball. I think this is very important, the kids have to exercise. And again, it's the same problem. In theory, it should be organized, and it should be proper, and it should be on a schedule. The, the fear always is, that it becomes a gachke, it becomes too important. And I'm not sure exactly where you find balance, um, but it's very important for children to run around. Very, very important for children to run around and to play ball, to get their energy out and to enjoy it, and to enjoy it. Mm -hmm.